you. Such an honor to be in your house, bathed with love, love your worship team. Do you know how rare, no, that's not true, that's not true. Do you know how wonderful it is to walk into a house where worship is worship, meaning it is about him? Is he going to show up if we're singing about me, 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 I, I, maybe. But I mean, do you hear what I'm saying? When you sing about him, it's face to face, it's beautiful, you're in his midst, and it's his presence that trans transforms our lives. Am I right or am I right? Okay, let's get this. Oh, by, I'm Jamie Lynn Wall now. Hi. Um, born and raised Texan. Still there. I don't talk like this, but if you want me to, just so it'll make it even more adventurous, I will, y'all. Um, I am so honored to be here, and I just finished my very hosting my very first women's conference this past weekend. I'm at this women's conference, and then I'm preaching at De Havilland Ford's women's conference next weekend, three weekends in a row. And I say that because God is doing something in women. He is totally removing the muzzle that either we put on ourselves or that somebody else put on us. Um, am I right? Because sometimes we put the muzzle on ourselves. And I also just want you to know, thank you, Jesus, for humor, but I am pretty black and white, so I'm just going to bless you in Jesus' name. And I pray that if conviction comes, that you recognize that is the Holy Spirit. And don't let the spirit of religion make you think it's me. And you have total permission to come up here and clean up. <laughs> I will not be offended. I love correction. It's my love language. Okay. So I have these sweatshirts. These are left over for our conference. They're never going to be printed again. And so I was like, oh, I got to bring these. And people in Wisconsin, no, they're like the, every time we do set apart women events, um, we print gear that is just for that event. But we had some leftover merch. And so I have some 3Xs, 2Xs, smalls and mediums. Everybody that's a large and extra large is like, womp, womp. But they're in the back. And I'd love for you to go. I mean, these are so beautiful. And everyone, Christmas is coming. Great Christmas gifts. And then... We have this beautiful, this is from an encounter I had with the Lord. On the front it says, I choose. And on the back it says, everyone is called but few choose. But I choose. I love declarative wear. And the people can be like, you choose what? And you can be like, Jesus. And then we have these cute canvas bags that say walking house of prayer. These are, like, really popular. I'm not going to lie. I don't personally carry these, but everybody that we give these to, like, carries them forever with their Bible books. They carry them to church. They carry them to their Bible studies, all that. Walking house of prayer, another thing God told me in my dream, I'm a walking house of prayer. And then I had the joy and honor of post, not posting. <laughs> I wish it was as easy as a post. <laughs> I wrote a book called Holy Revolution. Um, my spiritual mom and our friend were all part of the Women in Ministry Network together, um, Pastor Jen, Cindy, and myself. Um, Patricia King wrote the Ford. She's my spiritual mom. She has totally cheered me on in life and a friend of mine and a mentor. Um, and I'm so honored to have written this. The testimonies are cray cray. Um, this book is normally $17.99. I actually am, did our whole women's conference and I never shared about my book until the last night when all of the gear was packed up. <laughs> so I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I was like celebrating everybody's booths outside and then it was like, oh, oops. Um, Here's the thing, the testimony's coming in. There was a young girl, um, straight off high school, doing drugs, all the things. I had given this to her, thought she was following the Lord. She had really great language in front of me the first time, but I saw who God made her to be. She had this sitting on her bedside table, 17 years old, and she's living this crazy life, comes back from this big senior trip in high school, and is like, what am I doing? She's smoking weed. She just finishes smoking weed in her room, and... Um, she sees this sitting on her table, and she's like, Ugh, I can't do this anymore. 
And she reads the first chapter and, and comes back to the Lord and says, holiness is not, not for me. It is for me. I'm not too far removed to turn my heart to him and give him my whole life. And then all of the reviews on Amazon are so beautiful from more of the seasoned generation. I feel like this is a, what I'm trying to say is all generations. But if you want to grab a copy of this book for you and some girlfriends to go through together as a Bible study, come to me and I'll give you a group discount at $10 a book. And you can buy them in bulk here. I have like 20-something books with me here. But I would love to give this to um, somebody who's actually going to read it. It's always awkward when somebody gives away a book and it's just like collecting dust. Sometimes you go back to that, though. You're like... It's time. But um, is there anybody who's like, no, I want to read about holiness. I know God is speaking to me about holiness. Okay, get on up here. The prize is right. It's your whole life. I'll, I'll meet you halfway. What's your name? Sarah. Sarah, I just bless you in Jesus' name. May your heart just come alive and rattle while you read that. Okay. One more announcement. I have a slide for our retreat um, I am uh, part of, well, I just started a ministry called Set Apart Women via God, an assignment from the Lord. Long story, but um, we have a retreat coming up December 1st through 4th, and Pastor Jen said I could share about it. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Um, our retreats are crazy, and our last retreat, our first retreat, was in May. There it is, and you can scan the QR code and apply. Here's the deal. What you're paying is just paying for your, we're not profiting from retreats. We are literally having women come. We had 25 women on our first retreat of, um, six months ago, and over half of them flew in, and they were all the women that served at our, at our conference last week. We are in their lives. We're texting. We're calling one another. We're praying with one another. God is bringing, if you want to walk fully in the abundant life God has called you to, you've got to link arms with women and pay the cost to do it. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of the cave. Let's break the cave mentality off you today that 2020 brought a lot of, that brought a lot of us. I mean, like, it's a miracle that some of you are probably even in this room and maybe feeling uncomfortable because you're used to sitting at home. And, and if you're praying at home, that's great. But You've got to get out of the cave with those prayers, link arms with women, and run. And so if you want community and powerful friendships, not only should you get plugged in here at your local church for sure and show up even when you feel uncomfortable, let people know you feel uncomfortable. When somebody tells you they feel uncomfortable, you need to lay your life down and love them. Don't ignore the cry for help. Okay, so God is bringing women into community. They are so fun. We have a giant blow-up swan, could totally offend the religious mind, that we bring to all of our events. We have balloons all over the floor. It is like we carry so much joy. I get to do this with my cousin Candace Hart. And the women we are bringing in are absolutely wild and cray-cray. Talk about equipping. Talk about laying your life down. Talk about sweet surrender. Talk about laughter. It's amazing. So get to Texas if you can. It would be a great early Christmas gift, whatever it may be. Um, going into the holidays fueled, set apart with new friends. So we would love for you to get there. Okay. Prophetic words. Is Chelsea in here from last night? Chelsea. Okay. That's all right. And then Janice and Anna. Hey, girls. Um, they couldn't make it to our... How far did you drive to come here? Four and a half hours to drive here. That's awesome. So talk about women. They couldn't come to our Texas conference, but they saw this and are here. 
And so I just believe whatever happened last weekend will happen to you this weekend and everything that Jennifer and her team have prayed into and believe for. You're going to get a double portion this week. There's two of you, and we bless your women's ministry. I love the courage and boldness that women are running together. I get to run with my cousin Candace. Sets of twos. Jesus sent them out in twos. You're not meant to do this alone. And so this isn't even my sermon, but I just want you to know you've got to get in community, link arms with women, and run in Jesus' name. I'll get Chelsea later. I'll get her. Okay, I'm going to do the whole message. Oh, Chelsea, what's up? Everybody, what's up, Chelsea? Hi, I have a word for you. Okay. Um, part of this, I'm going out on a limb. Okay. So I just saw, I really don't know much about you except that you love prayer. But I just saw a call to women on your life. Um, like you have a call to lead women, to have women in your home, to host women, to pray, to equip them. But there's something else that God's going to stir and birth from that place that will be easy and organic. And I don't know if anything with real estate makes sense to you, but I saw an anointing of real estate over your house. And I don't know if that means for land on your own or a literal call to real estate for you and your married and your husband. Um, but this was a this was an anointing over you and your husband. So I don't know if it's, I, I'm not going to try to figure out what that means other than I think God will show you the anointing for real estate that you have. And then also you have what it takes to endure as you continue to protect your time in prayer and his word. I see a launch coming that will surprise you and it's even better than you thought, but it isn't a thought right now in your mind. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Go get it, girl. Love it. Okay, women of faith, are you ready? I feel like a Sour Patch Kid kind of. I'm like going to, ah, but then I'm going to hug you. I'm kidding. This isn't sour. This is beautiful. This is the Lord. Okay. I love the worship we were in. But can we be like really honest? Jesus isn't always the only one we burn for. Sometimes the promise we burn for more than him, and the promise becomes an idol, and it becomes wild and mad, and I've got my PhD in that, and the promise is so crazy that people are like, I don't even know if I could hear one more conversation about this, or it's this, and it's a difference between somebody who believes so wildly and is declaring it in the promise keeper, and someone who has made the promise an idol. I love what Jen was talking about last night, um, touching the hem of Jesus' garment, the woman with the issue of blood. She knew if she just reached out in faith. And my question today is, whose hem of whose garment are you reaching out for? Is it your hem? Is it the hem of Jesus, the one who says he will fulfill? Or is it the ruler of the world? So intense. I always want to giggle in the silence, but but we all have faith. We wouldn't be in here. It takes faith to believe in Jesus. It takes faith to believe in God. He's so good. He's so great. It's great. It is supernatural to be, to be a Christian today and believe in God. But it but it produces supernatural lifestyle. And a woman of wonder, like like Jen was saying last night, is like you are living and breathing 
the, the cost of his life for you to extend your hand. And this can be offensive, but it is in his word. And let me just say this right now. If you do not know his word, how can you stand in faith? If you haven't been marinating in it, if you haven't been agreeing with it and understanding his character, his nature, reading the stories of what he did that were different than what he did at other times that he's still doing today because it says he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, how can you stand in faith? Because right now, Monday marks six weeks that there's a little three-year-old boy with my best friends in the hospital who has no brain activity. And every time I'm standing in front of them, I have found in God's word that he only has one option. He's either going to do what he said he's He's going to do or he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And many Christians find themselves in a place where they just let go because the doctor said there's no brain activity. But when I read God's word, he says that I am resurrection and I am life. And I am carrying a message right now to let you know that the resurrector of life has his life on the line. And he's sitting at the right hand of the father praying for you for resurrection life. And I want to be the wild, crazy Christian that sees resurrection life. Not the idea of it and how cute it is. And the doctor comes in and I'm like, I don't know where this courage came from. It was always two options in the past, but in the past six weeks, I can look at the nurse and I can look at the doctor and I know what they think. We don't let them say what they think or what they know in the room. They can only say it outside. And I look at them, I'm like, what's your name? Oh, Judy, you are putting your hands to a miracle. We got another testimony this morning that there was a boy that had no brain activity for 40 days and they took him off life support and he woke up and you, regardless of what you believe, Judy, are putting your hands to a miracle and our God will have the glory. Do you understand what I'm saying? Faith is a substance, and his, ma- his name is Jesus. The substance is Jesus. It doesn't have to be you. But if you're not marinating and you don't know his word, then when fear and death and the enemy comes to kill and he comes to steal and he comes to destroy, you can let go of a miracle because you didn't know. Because when opportunity presents itself, whether it is good or whether it is bad, honey, it is too late for you to prepare. And the more informed you are, the more courageous you become. The more informed you are about who your God is, not you. Stop singing about you. Stop praying about you. Stop making it about you. I've been there. It led to depression. It led to self-hatred. It led to gluttony. It led to criticism and judgment. When you make it about you, you will not see the promises of God in your life because your heart is turned to you. It is not turned to the one who fulfills the promise. And you know how I know that? Because we've read stories about men who were incredible, women who were incredible in his word. Their hearts were not turned to him. And there was death and there was destruction because there's life and there's death daily presented to us. And when you're filled and consumed by his word, when you're consumed in his presence and relationship with him, when you recognize that you aren't just carrying this little ball of 
the Holy Spirit inside you, but every fiber of your being, when somebody touches you, you have the Holy Spirit that just touched them. When you're speaking, there's, there's a substance that comes out of your mouth because the Spirit of God has filled you up, and it's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And I can keep speaking over this little boy, oh, wake up, wake up in the name of Jesus. And every time I say wake up, something in his body is shifting, whether that stupid machine shows it or not. There's something that is happening right now, and we will see God's miracle. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because when he asks you to tarry, apathy comes in. Apathy. It's like, oh, apathy. What a punk in America. I've battled it in COVID. I've battled it in the sea. I battle it every day. Literally, I'm not kidding you. I want to turn on the TV. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the TV. Please hear what I am saying. It's these moments where you want to do something else, but you feel the tug. And apathy gets you to the place where you don't even feel the tug because you're so apathetic that you're just vegging out when you could be so consumed and preparing for a miracle that is coming that you don't know about yet. But if you're not prepared, what are you going to do when it happens? And the best thing is, is that he is so kind and he restores and he redeems. And so I'm not saying that there's not going to be a miracle because of you. Do you hear what I'm saying? But I am saying, are you going to be able to stand and agree with it when it comes to see it through? You may not be the one that sees it. Somebody else may be the one that sees it. Esther, look at Esther. She could have died with all of her family if she didn't take up the life threat. The government said, if you approach the king without permission, you can be killed. The government said this to her. That's scary in America, what we hear the government say. And hear me out. There's honor. you got to know what God is saying. And you have to have humility. Because the more informed you are, the more courageous you become. Not the more ignorant you are. And you actually don't know what's happening. And you start complaining out of your mouth. And you don't even sound like our Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. The government said, if you approach the king, you could die. And so she said, oh, God, my people. They're going to be destroyed if you don't do something. I physically cannot do anything. I have to have you. And she goes before God with all her people for three days. God, tell me what to say. Bathe me in favor. Please rescue them. I'll, do, I'll put my life on the line. This is before Jesus. She didn't have a picture of this yet. I put my whole life on the line to save this entire people group. If you will just come and stand before the king with me. And she prepared herself. And for some reason, it's a miracle that it only took three days. That's so fast. Can we be real? For three days, she was consumed in humility to go before the king. Not pride. Not, I'm going to tell him not to kill my people. I'm going to pick up my sword. I'm going to get him in the middle of the night. And then I'm going to get the signet ring. And I'm going to, no. Humility before God. And she goes. And look what happened. Consumed with faith. Jesus in the garden with his disciples when they're praying. Could you not stay up for one more hour? Three times this is said. Could you not stay for one more hour and tarry for the trial that you are going to be faced against your, the temptation that's coming against your faith tonight? Could you not stay up and pray one more hour? Apathy. Could you not stay up and pray one, one more hour? One hour of your life? Apathy. Could you not stay if you understood what was coming? I'm sweating blood in this garden. Could you not stay up one more hour and pray? Apathy. There were 12 of them. 
One of them was on a mission at the time to come back and test all their, you've walked with Jesus and you've betrayed him on this level, and they turn around and do it themselves, denying him. That's, that's any one of us. They walked with him. They hugged him. They were embraced. They put their head on his chest. Do you understand the times we're in for faith? It's not about you. It is because he loves you. But do you understand what I'm saying when I say it's not about you? It's a whole people group. It's Christians that are asleep right now. And when they see, when you see a Christian that's awake, oh my goodness. Oh, when the religious spirit comes, you're like critical, judgmental of them, you whatever, blah, 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 blah. you know what I'm saying? Like talk about persecution, but when you see a Christian who's awake in America, it is violent. I used to be very critical of Sean Foyt, being really real. He came and preached at our church in Mercy Culture in Fort Worth several months ago, and I just like, there was a season where I was like, man, but when he preached and said everything behind the scenes, I had to repent. I'm giving a really public example, okay? Some of you are like, I've been criticizing him myself. <laughs> and I had to get on my face and repent after he said everything they're doing behind the scenes that the media doesn't show, that he's not bragging about, that's happening, the fruit that comes. My mom and I went to the D.C. event when we were at your retreat. Um, that right before we went to your retreat, we were at the Sean Foyt pop-up in D.C. Do you know what I saw? Not one political comment. Everything was prayer. Everything was worship. Drug addicts rushing to the front in freezing cold, in freezing cold weather to get baptized in freezing cold water in a horse trough in the middle of the mall of D.C. Hunger. Men and women, homosexuality getting broken off of their life and coming out free. Coming out free. There's a play on words there. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I was criticizing and judging a man on fire who was living the gospel, happened to be on media, but media is so, you've got to have discernment. You've got to have discernment. What does this have to do with faith? Whatever you're consuming can totally destroy where you stand. Because I just want you to know what media, there's good media, I'm called to it for a reason, Cindy's called to it for a reason, we're called to it for a reason to be different, it's just going to take a minute to get there, but when the breakthrough comes, the breakthrough will be there, Okay. But media, if you're consuming media, and not this, judgment, criticism, glass half full, will he do it? I don't know. Is that God? I don't know. I'm going to be the Pharisee that judges that and has wisdom because I've been watching the media. And I'm going to go ahead and put that Christian on a cross because that's what Pharisees did with Jesus because they couldn't even recognize that it was him because they wanted all the glory. They wanted all the power. They were consumed with everything but being able to recognize that it was him when he came. They killed the very man that they were waiting for. I know. I'm sweating underneath this. I could, but... I think it'd be better if I kept it on. <laughs> I know. James 1, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The garden, could you not tarry one more hour? Could you not keep praying? Could you not keep consuming my word? Could you not keep believing? Like, whatever you're consuming, I don't know how you can't have faith in that. Do you know what I mean? Are you fearful at home all the time and it's hard to have faith because you're so consumed with fear because you're watching all of these, like, I, I was talking to Cindy about this. <laughs> okay, 
are you watching all of these like murder shows and like people are violently getting killed and breaking into homes or whatever these reality shows where the cops are watching and then you're consumed with fear and you're like putting things in front of your window and your door and you're afraid to go to bed at night but you can't even have room for faith because you're too consumed with fear to even know anything so you're not even recognizing that you belong to God and you're underneath the shelter of his wing and so he protects every single window every door frame every entry point because you belong to him and you declared it and you took authority with oil and you just slung it all over your house and you have nothing to fear because you're in Christ Jesus and that's faith. I feel like one of those um, auction people. No, you don't have to be sold. <laughs> What's impossible with men is possible with God. Luke 18, 27. How are you preparing? I love how Pastor Jen was talking about a, a vessel last night. Are you a clean vessel? Because you're a vessel. A clean vessel can hear God and understand what he's saying. You hear God. It's often the interpretation that filters through the state of our heart. I'm glad I wrote it down so I can. <laughs> you hear the Lord. Every single one of you in here, you hear the Lord. It's often the interpretation that filters through the state of our heart. If I'm so selfishly provoked then when I had a dream about this guy being my husband, this is a really big one we see, and I'm really wanting to be tender here. But because that's what I want, I believe God's telling me that's my husband instead of the name of the person in the dream and what that person means, and that's, what's God, that's what God's wanting to bring me. But because I'm so consumed by wanting to get married, been there, I think, oh, that's the person I'm going to marry. And so my filter is like, oh, I'm hearing God, but the interpretation is off because I'm so self-focused, and I'm making it what I want it to be instead of what he's actually saying. Are you getting consumed by his word? Are you listening in prayer? Are you focusing so much on the promise that it's become an idol? Focusing on your own strength rather than worshiping him, who he is, knowing he's the one that will fulfill it. And I want to say this too. There are times when you're to move forward in faith. And there are times when you are to sit, be still, and watch him fight for you. And you can only know that when you're consumed in listening. When I go to coffee with friends, I don't talk the whole time. I want to know them. I want to know what's going on in their life. I want to support them. I want to encourage them. When I'm in the secret place with God, I'm listening. And I'm learning and I'm growing in humility. Oh, man, God, I know I'm hearing you. Oh, man, God. <laughs> man, God. Um, God, I know I hear you. Help me know how to interpret this with humility. Because I know what it's like to not interpret it correctly and miss it. And thank God for teachability in his word. Are you filling yourself with lustful romance novels or movies so you're desensitized to the moments where he desires with what he wants to desire? That sounds really random. But you know that if you have sin manifesting in your life with like lust and whatnot, it actually is going to, you're not as desensitized to him. Every time you choose sin in a moment, uh, and the lustful spirit is actually quite rampant amongst women from what I'm learning doing women's ministry, and we just don't talk about it. And you're like, what does that have to do with faith? Well, what is your faith in? Temporary moments? Or the God that can change everything and give you what your heart really desires? Are you filled with gossip and slander or letting other people around you do it and training yourself that the glass is always half full? So why would he fill up your cup? Why would he do that? Why would he use that person? 
why would he use me? Well, you know Betty. She said she laid hands on the sick and raised the dead. Do you really think Betty did that? You don't think it was just the machine and the doctor's work? I don't know who Betty is. Oh. <laughs> Faith is the complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I don't go to God because he will reward me for seeking him. I have learned, I used to, that was the religious spirit. We were without the Holy Spirit growing up. Please, please hear me when I say this. It is a religious spirit that goes to him for reward. I grew up in that. I thought the Holy Spirit was a Catholic thing. Then I got consumed by the Holy Spirit, and I realized I go to you because all of this darkness that I was experiencing, the three-step program checklist at my church showing up on Sunday didn't really work. But you do. You work because you're good and you're faithful. Oh, my goodness, and you're kind and you're loving, and your kindness draws me to repentance, not judgment, not criticism. Oh, my goodness, you're drawing. To, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize how much sin I was in. Oh, my goodness, you're so kind. You're so loving. You're such a good father. Oh, my goodness, you do. You did. If you, if you don't know him, you're not going to really go to him. But when you know him, when things are great, you are consumed by him. When things are bad, you are consumed by him. It is not a depending on my season and where I'm at kind of thing. Do you know how often I don't feel like reading this? A lot. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> a lot happens in the day. Mamas, I love your story about your eight-year-old. You know, you're like, and then I have to get up here and preach, you know, and it's like the things like that that are a big deal. Like God sees that. He cares. Don't, don't lie about it. Be real. And I love how real Jen was so you can be pastored with real life and not look at somebody that's like, our family is perfect. And You know what I mean? It's like she's a mom. Things happen. They're kids. They're growing. They're learning, right? And what are we going to get distracted by? What are we going to let distract us? I feel like there was a thought there, but my mind went blank. <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my, my friends. I'm like, everybody extend your hand. Lord, restore Jamie's memory. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and all of ours with it. Thank you. <laughs> so faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Romans 10, 17. Hebrews, I'm throwing scripture at you because Jamie Lynn doesn't have the answer this is the answer. I mean, I have the answer. His name is Jesus. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Conviction, a firmly held belief or opinion. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. I know that this is coming. It's the conviction, a deep-held belief, knowing that even though I can't see it, it's going to happen. Faith is one of the most wild gifts to me that we can ever be given by God. You can't see it. You feel crazy. You feel mad. And I'm going to be real with you. I think few find it. Even within the body of Christ, I think few find it. Few are willing to pay the cost when nobody's looking. This isn't like, oh, I'm going to get up here and share a message with you, and I'm not going to contend for it between now and the next time somebody invites me to speak. I'm saying, like, what cost are you willing to pay? to be consumed by the man Jesus, his love, and his spirit.
Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. There's that worldly wisdom and there's the heavenly wisdom. The one that put Jesus on the cross, that even recognized him even though he'd been praying for them in his own strength, in their own understanding. So he walked the earth in, in their own understanding. They didn't recognize it. They couldn't acknowledge him in all their ways. But the spirit of God comes with wisdom to make your path straight. Are you consumed by the gift Jesus left you? He's a really good, we're going to get to that in a second. Um, so we talked about Jesus in the garden. I love Noah. Oh, my goodness. Noah. Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Have you read Noah? God's like, I am so mad. I, am, I, can't, I'm, I regret making mankind. He says that. I'm going to wipe them all, even the animals. I'm just going to wipe them all. I'm going to start over. There is one on the entire earth. One on the entire earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? How many of us are in this room? I'm just trying to put in perspective. One that was righteous, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. What always mesmerizes me, Jesus was not there yet to show them. God spoke so clearly. They were consumed by God and believed in our Father so much without seeing do you understand what I'm saying? I just think it's like a miracle in itself. I think it's fascinating. Imagine what people said to Noah as he was building. Yeah, you cray-cray. Girl, who are you building this for? You aren't a carpenter. Plot twist, the carpenter hasn't come yet. I'm just kidding. But Noah did. And he became a really good carpenter. That thing floated. There was no Titanic here, okay? That thing floated and it accomplished its mission. How many years was he building that? How crazy must have the thoughts been? How, the fear of man that comes against you and your call and what God tells you. I don't know who you're surrounding yourself with. But oftentimes it is rare to find women. Can you be a set-apart woman so that other people can feel safe and excited and secure so when they tell you that God told them to build an ark? He's not going to tell one of you to do that. I'm just going to It's in his word. I read it. He's not going to tell you to build an ark for a flood that's coming. So that's not the, okay. But if they were to tell you, God told me to do this crazy thing that they're so consumed by, get yourself around people that can say, yes, I witness with that. You be the person that can witness with that. Not your opinion, not your flesh. I've had some friends that had some pretty cray-cray dreams, and I was like, that's awesome. I had to get in my prayer closet and go pray. It was God. But my flesh was like, But I went to the one who knew so I could encourage. Because it's not about me. Moses, when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. It is okay to be seen under the right circumstances. This isn't, we were talking about this last weekend. Who came up with the nameless, faceless, and I do not mean to offend anybody, I don't know if, Hear me out. We have Matthew, we have Mark, we have Luke, we have John, we have James, we have Noah, we have Moses, we have Esther. They are not nameless and faceless. They were vessels that God filled and they obeyed. They were servants of God. They obeyed. They heard the master and obeyed. And they put their faith in Moses, but what I know had to have been true is they put their faith in the God of Moses. They could trust him 
and put their faith in him that he heard the Lord because what they just did, can you imagine being backed up against the water, understanding that your whole, your whole life was about to come to an end and you're like, I can't believe you brought us out into the desert. You said you were going to rescue us. Who is this God? Who do you think you are? Why are we following Moses? This is ridiculous. And bro grabs a staff and the Lord is like, it, was God like booming? I don't know. Was it a booming voice? Was it a still voice? And he's like, reach it out over the ocean and put it in the water. Like, that is ridiculous. We are in 2022. That's ridiculous. Can, I, can we just say in the, in the natural how ridiculous that is? That's normal to God. That's his normal. That's his normal for you. So faith is like, I'm backed into a corner. All the enemies are coming up at me. And all I know is in this moment, because I've been here 1.5 million times, and I know he's with me right now, and I've been talking to him even in this moment, I can go back to this place. God, what are you saying? No matter what chaos is going around me, no matter what fear the media is pushing, no matter what people are saying, I can stand there and say, God, what are you going to do? Father, what are you going to do? Yeah, and you listen and you obey. I don't know how anybody could do that that isn't consumed by his word and his spirit. It takes a lot. God will always fulfill his word through someone on the earth. David and Goliath. I love David. God gave me so much revelation about David for another time that is so profound. I can't wait to dive into the word about during worship. It's such a revelatory environment. I was like, Jesus. And then at the end, it was like, all these revelations. I was like trying to create different notes in my phone, and I was like, it was such a wild, because he was here, and he was speaking creatively, so amazing. David, because he was so prepared from the shepherd to taking out a bear, taking out a lion, mastered the slingshot, which isn't like this, by the way, back then. It was like, I don't know how many people, including myself, I would have taken out trying to do what they used to do back then, but he mastered it as a young man. It's like, oh, I have a little weapon I could yield, take this dude out. You come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I have come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Uh, in the garden, you know, is it, is it Peter that cuts off the ear? And he's like, Jesus is like, well, picks it back up, puts it back on. He's like, that's not how the kingdom operates. <laughs> how many of us are like, Sons of thunder, like, God, she wronged me. Go after her. Punish her. And God's like, no. <laughs> Daughter of thunder. Daughter of something, hurricane, <laughs> tsunami. Um, he's like, no. Faith is believing, like, oh, that's not who God created her to be. I'm going to go pray and watch God transform her life. And I don't mean, like, girl, I'm praying for you passively. We've all done that. I, like, want to hide under a table. I'm like... Do y'all remember, have y'all done that? When you're like, oh, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> but you don't. Faith is like, oh, oh, thank you for letting me know you feel that way and I care about you and I love you. Um, I'm sorry. Prayer closet. God, that really hurt. You might be in the fetal position crying. That really hurt. I know that's not who you created her to be. If there was truth in what she said, please let me know. But I know that you're about to transform not just me, but you're going to transform her. And so show me how to pray spirit of God. And in faith, you get to watch her be transformed. She doesn't need to know that you were part of that transformation. But will you tarry until 
for her? I'm going to go through this very quickly because um, it's scripture. So I just want to fill the atmosphere with his word. It is his word and it's his Holy Spirit that allow you to prepare for the things that are coming. When opportunity presents itself, it's too late to prepare. So we prepare ourselves in his word, written, and the one in the prayer room, and in his spirit that speaks to you every single day who is genuinely my best friend. I write about the Holy Spirit in my book, and I love it. God's word. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Did you know that the sword, as it's translated, is a scalpel? It's that intricate. I mean, scalpels are really sharp, too. Makes me, like, want to pass that a little bit. I'm not a medical person. But, like, it, it, it goes in deep, and, it, and it's, like, really intricate. This is your flesh. This is my spirit. And he brings you in his kindness to repentance and lets you know what's him and what's not. This does, as you read it. It's like, ooh, I read it. I'm like, ooh, that hurts so good. And I repent, and I keep reading. Or marinating that until... I've really released whatever that thing is that I was carrying that divided. This thing divides it for me when I read it in the secret place. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. This is your training manual, sister. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Romans 15, 4. His word went before us. You heard that? God goes before you, surrounds you, and follows you. This went before us. Moses went before us. His word. His written word. Esther went before us. Jesus went before us so we could stand and remember he'll do the same now. And that word surrounds us and it follows us. Right? Amen. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, Psalm 119.11. I love this because his word, when you're so infused with it, uh, there's this one, I don't remember if it's 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, it's one of my favorite scriptures, but he gives us the exit route when temptation comes. You're all going to be tempted. We're all going to be, Jesus was tempted. That doesn't mean you're in sin, by the way, when you're tempted. Somebody needs to hear that. Just because you're tempted does not mean you're in sin. It's what you do when you're tempted in that moment of faith. There's the exit door, but if you're filling yourself with junk, fear, lust, all this, I don't know how you can see the exit door presented in that moment. You have to intentionally go to the Father and repent and say, search me, O God, help me see what you're saying, what you're doing. I don't want to carry anything that's keeping me in sin so I can be a clean vessel that Jen was talking about last night. Holy Spirit, John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's what I love about his word. The Holy Spirit comes and he'll be like, read this scripture. He does it with your prayer team all the time. And you're like, what is that scripture? I don't have the whole word memorized. And you go and you're like, whoa, that's the helper. Or in a moment, yeah, the helper, the spirit of God. Or like you're out and somebody's like, nee, 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 in public. And you're like, the helper comes in and is like, they're hurting, they're broken. Can you love them? Don't react, respond. And the tiny moments, it makes a difference. He doesn't respond with passivity or passive aggression. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Forever. 
not in a moment, not temporary, forever. Isn't that amazing? Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's John 14, 15 through 17. So remember the world, even in the church. I say this from a place of prayer and adoration. I was even praying for a public worship leader this morning. I just like, the Lord just like put this person's name on my heart. People have really come against them. And I'm like, I think it's a miracle that this worship leader pulled back and is praying like David and, and the Lord is going to, I'm believing the Lord's going to restore their heart and they're going to be able to come back and keep writing songs we all sing. So I'm not sitting here trying to criticize the church by any means. It is possible that the world has consumed certain churches that they can't even receive or recognize because they don't see him or know him, the Holy Spirit, when he's in the room. But you know him because he dwells with you and is in you. And wisdom has a word for you every day. You go knocking. This is his word. This isn't Jamie Lynn talking to you. This is his word. I just know it because I've read it. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. I have 12 minutes, right? We're ending at noon. Is that right? Yes, oh, we will. Okay, this is what God's about to do in this room. I'm like, ladies, let's get ready for ministry. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you. This shirt that I created, the I choose, everyone's called, but few choose, I had an encounter with the Lord years ago. It's the opening of my book. It changed my life forever. And this little, like, God, Jesus literally walked up to me. It's a very long, beautiful encounter. Um, I was on the floor for like four hours, and I was the director of this very large global conference. Um, he took, he came up, and he took my heart out, and he put a new one in, and he said to keep this pure, whole, and perfect as it is right now that I'm putting within you. Water your heart with my spirit, and feed your heart with my word. To just keep it the way he, so he says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. When he gave me that heart, he said, water your heart with my spirit and feed your heart with my word. I will obey my God. I have watered my heart with his spirit. I have fed my heart with his word and I'm not going to stop. And I'm not going to stop. And let me, let me just say this to be completely real and transparent with you. Can we get a worship up here? Well, maybe don't do what I just did. That would be distracting. But um, I just want you to be prepared. Like, is there anything in here that you're like, oh, man, I need to repent? And nobody's, like, looking at you. You may be in sin. You may have had unbelief. Maybe you're not spending time in his word and marinating in his presence, but do you hear what I'm saying? Like, is there something that he, the spirit of God came and tugged on you with his kindness that leads you to repentance? Because there's an altar right here, and it is bathed in his presence right now. He's here. I can feel it. And I do feel, I do feel that there's authority in the room for hearts, hardened hearts, hurt, offended hearts, hearts that haven't obeyed his word. It says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. But when we got the Holy Spirit, that became a place of love, not a place of law. 
Because the Pharisees were great at law, the ones that put Jesus on the cross. But the ones that were consumed with that first love, you are my first love, you are my only one. I just want you to know it's okay if you don't feel like he's your first love right now. But if you get your face on the floor up here at the altar and cry out for the spirit of God to consume you and to help you see him as your first love, something will shift because he's not going to give you anything but him in that moment. When you ask for him, you get him. And you put your face on the carpet. And if you have to stay up here through lunch, you stay up here through lunch. But I'm telling you, you get what he paid for. Everything he wants to do on the earth requires our obedience. I need you to obey God because there's something that you can do now. I don't want it to happen later. I want it to happen now. I don't want my people group to be wiped out because you're not willing to go to the Lord for three days. I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody. I'm trying to paint a picture, okay? Like, what if Esther said no? What if we were alive now and this was happening and God called some hidden gem that had favor with somebody and said, I need you to fast and pray and go before the king with my word and speak my word, but you can't speak it without being consumed by me first. If she didn't do that, families would have been wiped out. Generations would have been wiped out that aren't walking the earth right now. She was faithful. Therefore, there are many Jewish men and women who are walking the earth right now because Esther said, okay, I will lay my life down for this opportunity. It's not like such a time as this, sister, to go give that, you know, to, to get out of the closet. Such a time as this that I'm willing to lay my life down so that other people can live because I'm consumed and trusting and filled with faith that God will fulfill what he said. I'm just that vessel that Jen was talking about last night. So, um, I mean, look, I'm talking. Get up here. If you feel the unction of the Lord, you get your body up here. You lay down. You cry out. Um, you can sing as you feel led. I know, Jen and Cindy, if you have something, but I'm just going to pray. And if there's anything that you're consumed by that's keeping you from hearing him or understanding him, give it to him now. And don't you, don't you dare come up here and go home and pick the thing up that you're laying down right now. You need to have faith that you're laying it down right now. And when it comes and knocks again at the door when you get home, God gave you his spirit to teach you in that moment that no, that's not who you are. You gave it to God and you're not picking that thing up ever again and phone a friend, stay in his presence. Do you hear what I'm saying? This isn't a light thing. It's not a cute thing to come to the altar. It's a real thing. You're giving God something and he's giving you and consuming you with the spirit. And so we thank you, Spirit of God. I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you for what you've delivered me from. I thank you for who you are, that you're touching every heart. I thank you just for the obedience to just lay ourselves out in this room and be consumed by you. And I ask that you would touch every place. Lord, forgive us for our unbelief. Forgive us for not agreeing with your word, for not knowing your word, God, for not being consumed by you, Spirit of God, for hearing your voice and not obeying. Forgive us, God, and teach us your ways. Teach us your ways, Holy Spirit. Teach us your ways, your ways, your ways, God. The one who heals, the one who delivers, the one who restores, the one who redeems, the one who creates. We love you, Jesus.